Yo, turn that up, turn that up. Yeah, yeah. That beat right there, turn that up. I'm about to share with you a little about myself. Oh, me so selfie. Oh, oh, me so selfie. Oh, me so selfie. Me love me long time. Oh, me so selfie. Oh, oh, me so selfie. Oh, me so selfie. Me love me long time. Uh. Look at me. Notice me. Focus on me. Like me. Follow me, add me, friend me, promote me, respect me, admire me, exalt me, applaud me, worship me, envy me, 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 me. Oh, Mr. Selfie, oh, oh, Mr. Selfie, oh, Mr. Selfie, me love me long time. Oh, Mr. Selfie, oh, Mr. Selfie, oh, Mr. Selfie, me love me long time. My needs, my wants, my desires, my ambitions, my dreams, my goals, my success, my comfort, my happiness, my fame, my status, my popularity, my position, my preeminence, my glory, me. Selfie. Oh, Mr. Selfie. Oh, Mr. Selfie. Oh, Mr. Selfie. Me love me long time. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, my brothers. You know who it is. If you want to be a real man, then you need to die to selfie. If you want to live a life of meaning, purpose, and impact, and live with fewer regrets, then you need to die to selfie. If you want to stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ and hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant, then you need to die to selfie. This is what God has been reminding me of. Jason, you need to keep dying to selfie. So here we go. You're listening to the Grizz Podcast, where our mission is to help boys become men, and to help men become better men. It's going to be raw, it's going to be real, and it's going to be relevant. Now, here's your host, Jason George. I'm your huckleberry. Yo, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune in and listen to the Grizz Podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 27, 2022, and as usual, I'm coming at you from the beautiful low country of South Carolina. I'm here in the Grizz Cave with a hot cup of dark coffee and my dog, Remy. I appreciate all of the positive feedback that I've received from you guys on the last few episodes. Episode 177 and 178 was my interview with Dr. Stephen L. Jones. And then last week's episode was entitled, The Dash Matters. I always enjoy hearing from our listeners about how the show 
is helping you in your life. That's what it's all about, man. That's the payoff right there. And I wanted to start out this episode reading a few emails that I recently received from some listeners who had some questions, and then we shall rip into the meat of this week's episode about death to selfie part one, because my brother's me so selfie, me love me long time. Anyway, listener says, hey, Jason, aka Grizz. Do you journal? And if so, how do you go about it so that it's effective? All the best, Tyler. Good to hear from you, Tyler. Thanks for continuing to listen uh, to the show here. And we've talked before through email. Yes, I journal daily. I've done it for years. I, first of all, use a quality journal because I keep all of my journals and want them to hold up for many years to come. As I speak, I actually have a large collection of my old journals sitting on a shelf right beside me here in the Grizz Cave. I use a quality journal from a company called Moleskine. Moleskine, M-O-L-E-S-K-I-N-E. I specifically use their classic hardcover notebook, the expanded edition, five by 8.25 inches. (laughs) It has 400 pages with two bookmarks and an elastic closure. The paper is good quality for gel ink pens, which is all I write with. Lately, I've been using Sharpie's S-Gel pen 0.7. Yeah, I'm not getting any like endorsements from this man. No kickbacks, no affiliate program with Moleskine or Sharpie. Anyway, a pen does write well. The Moleskine notebook I use for journaling, it retails for about $32. You can find them on uh, or at Barnes & Noble, but uh, I'll also put a link in the show notes if you want to look at their website and order one at moleskine.com. I tell guys, don't use a cheap, crappy journal that you got at Walmart or a cheap, crappy pen. You're going to regret it later. Anyway, you asked, how do I go about journaling so that it's effective? My answer is it all depends on what you want to journal about. You don't have to use your journal for everything that I use mine for. And you don't even have to use a paper journal. There are so many really good digital journal apps that are out there. One that I've used along with my paper journal for years, um, mostly just to jot down and record like my daily health reports and stuff with my health issues, stuff I'm battling, is an app called Day One. Day One app. That's a good one. It lets you add pictures and even voice memos, all sorts of stuff. It's really good. Uh, in my Moleskine uh, journal, man, there is uh, all sorts of stuff. I write down prayer requests. I write down what I learned from my time in the Word, what I learned from pastors who speak at church. Uh, I don't show up to church without my journal. Uh, What I'm learning from books, what I'm learning from podcasts. I write down good quotes. I write down my goals. I write down how I'm doing with my health, Uh, not just physical, but even mental, spiritual what I'm going through in my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, 
uh, write down my workouts and any progress that I'm making with my health and fitness. I write down the medications, vitamins, and supplements that I'm currently on. I write down why I'm taking those, what they're good for, uh, how they're affecting me. Uh, sometimes I write out short prayers to God in my journal because I just not doing good, maybe praying out loud that day or don't feel like it's all right, my prayers out. Sometimes I write out what I'm grateful for, um, any ideas that are coming to me. Sometimes to-do lists are written down. I write everything down. I still use even an old school paper planner to plan my month, my week, and my days. I do set calendar reminders on my phone, but I still like pen and paper. I feel like I'm more effective with that. And I don't like being on a screen all day and throughout the night. Also, when I journal, uh, it's never for a long period of time. Not typically. Sometimes it's just a quick five-minute brain dump. You know what I'm saying? Uh, My journals are something that I would really never want published. Uh, I would never want anybody to take those and try to follow them as any sort of life advice or guide because... Uh, What I write in them is pretty uncensored, pretty raw. It's not godly sometimes, many times. Sometimes I have wrong views and perspectives, things I'm just working through. Um, Really, my journal, I I just need a safe place to vent and flush out all that stuff. So the journal, for me, acts like therapy. Many times I can use it to capture my wrong or negative thinking, I can use it to catch the lies that are bouncing around in my head. And there are many from the moment I wake up, there'll be some very negative things, many times just lies in my head that I'm believing about life or myself, whatever, about God. And I capture them. I write them down. Uh, One of my good friends, Josh, who was in Southern Maryland, uh, shout out to you, Josh, if you're listening right now, he told me about two weeks ago that... Um, he's been using a voice recorder journal app. So he rides down the road on the way to work, way to coming from work, just maybe like five minutes of what's going on in his head. He journals just using his voice on his phone and it records it, it logs it. So it's a lot of cool apps out there, man. You got to find what works for you. I do highly recommend journaling. I highly recommend writing everything down. Dreams, goals, ideas, plans, priorities, your to-dos, meetings you have coming up, what you're learning, write things down, guys. Uh, Like I said, I will not show up to a church service or a seminar or a retreat or conference of any kind without a journal. I just write things down, man, because you never know if you're just going to be given something that's like, whoa, that's good. I need to implement that. That's, that's really good. Or something that I could use to share with others. Uh, when I go hiking or when I've camped in the past, you know, my journal is always with me. Got to write in my backpack. Anyway, I hope that helps you, Tyler. Good question. Then I received another email from a listener named Jeff in Georgia. He says, Jason, I'm a veteran youth pastor who leads a monthly network of youth pastors in Warner Robins, Georgia. I know that I've been there many times. I know that you are friends with some of my acquaintances, Brody Holloway, Josh Ray, Brian Wilkerson, Robbie Coleman, a fellowship youth pastor at Southside. 
um, suggested that I listen to your podcast. I've been in ministry for a while and have and currently disciple young middle school, high school, college, and adult men in the area of personal purity. I want to say kudos to you and your forthright biblical and masculine approach when tackling subjects such as purity, porn, masturbation, and biblical holiness. I have benefited from your podcast. I have perused your website, even the drop-down menu of your podcast on the site, and cannot find any show notes for some episodes. For example, in episodes 11 and 19, you mentioned access to your content, but I cannot find any. Can one access this information some other way? Or is it just a simple request via email? Any assistance you can provide would be helpful. Thank you for standing up for biblical manhood. I love your Grizz approach. Stay strong and in the fight and keep on being a voice for men. I will continue to listen to your podcast, provided five-star ratings for episodes and have passed on links to others. Keep on grizzing, Jeff Glenn, Next Generations Pastor, Shirley Hills Baptist Church, Warner Robins, Georgia. It's awesome. I responded. Jeff, good to meet you, brother. Thanks so very much for listening to the show. All of those guys you mentioned are great dudes whom I deeply respect and appreciate. And I am honored that they and you listen. All of my past episodes of the Grizz podcast have been removed. Yes, they have. You will only find episodes 172 through 179 on our websites, thegrizzpodcast.com, thegrizzpodcast.com, and narrowtrail.com. Only episodes 172 through 179 are available. Everything else has been removed. I am going back through all of our past episodes and doing some revising remastering, remixing, baby. Some of the old stuff will return, but hopefully it will be better. And then I asked him, what documents are you specifically wanting from me? Many guys ask for like the personal purity battle plan, personal purity motivation or reasons for personal purity. Some guys ask for uh, something that I came up with called weekly accountability questions for leaders. Those are typically the documents that listeners request a copy of. I'm sorry for saying they're available uh, and then they're not being available. Anyway, just let me know. Thank you for leaving a rating and review for passing the word about the show to other brothers. That's the best advertising word of mouth. If I can be of any help to you or your ministry, don't hesitate to contact me, my brother, strength and honor. Jason George, the Grizz. Seriously, Jeff, thanks for listening and for the encouraging email. And let's take a quick break, and then we shall talk about death to selfie. Life is not about you. You may say, yeah, yeah, I know that. But do you really know that? Do you really have that mindset? Do you really live that out at home with your wife, kids, 
maybe your brothers, your sisters, maybe your parents. Do you really live that out at work or with your friends or with your neighbors or with your classmates or your teammates? Life is not about you. Do you live that out? You know, we as fallen human beings, we naturally want life to be all about us. That's our natural default programming, is to make life all about me. To operate as if the whole universe should revolve around me. That is our natural default programming as fallen human beings. You don't have to work at this. It comes natural. We are so good at this. We went pro at this the moment we came into the world. My needs, my wants, my desires, my ambitions, my dreams, my goals, my success, my comfort, my happiness, my fame, my status, my popularity, my position, my preeminence, my glory. And when life doesn't go just the way I want it to go, how do we often respond, guys? We often become stressed, envious of others whom we think life is going great for them. We become bitter. We become irritable, angry, complaining, and depressed. Arguments break out. Fights break out. And the people around you, they may love you, but they end up not liking you when you're all about selfie. They eventually don't want to be around you when you're all about selfie. James chapter 4 verses 1 through 4 says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure, that war in your members? Selfie. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasure, selfie. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Living a life that's all about you and what you want That is a mark of this fallen and corrupt world system that is at enmity or hostility with God. That's what this passage is saying. The selfie mindset is at war with God. We're all about selfie, naturally. And it's more than we realize I am astounded at how much I am still about selfie 
at 47 years old. Even with the good things that I do, guys, even with quote unquote ministry that I do, I'm astounded at how easily and naturally I can jack it up by turning it into selfie. Me so selfie. Me love me long time. You may ask, well, what do you mean by selfie, Grizz? You know, can you be a little more specific? Let me explain. Selfie is a mindset. It's an attitude. Mindset attitude that says it's really not about you, but about me. Look at me. Notice me. Everybody focus on me. Like me. Follow me. Add me. Friend me. Promote me. Respect me. Admire me. Exalt me. Applaud me. Worship me. Envy me. Wish that you were me. Me, me, me. That's selfie. And in my opinion, we're living in the most selfie generation in American history. The internet, smartphones, and social media have taken selfie to a whole new freaking level. And it's not just Christian, like, not... It's, it's not just non-Christians who are obsessed with selfie. Man, it's us too. It's professing Christians. So many times and in so many ways, we are no different from the world. We should be, but we're not. It's pathetic and it's sickening how selfie we can make our quote-unquote Christianity, what we call Christianity, or what we call ministry. You just look at social media and you see how many professing Christians are all about selfie and how they take their good deeds or their quote-unquote ministry and they turn it into a big, fat, Selfie festival. It's even infected many Christian leaders. And I confess that at times I've fallen into it, man. I have to constantly address this and guard against this. I've even gone back and deleted countless social media posts because when I look back at them, Who was I really showing off? Who was I really bragging on? Christ? Others? Or myself? Selfie. Me so selfie. Me love me long time. Many of us who are professing Christians become ugly attention whores with our quote-unquote, spirituality and our, quote-unquote, good deeds or our mission projects. 
Dude, it creeps in and it corrupts pastors, youth pastors, worship leaders, evangelists, podcasters, authors, Christian counselors. It can easily turn into all of our good deeds or our spirituality, our ministry, our mission projects. It can easily turn into look at me, notice me. Focus on me. And it's okay because I'm doing it for the kingdom, man. Follow me. Add me. Friend me. Promote me. Share me. Respect me. Admire me. Exalt me. Applaud me. Envy me. Envy where I'm at in ministry my position, my accomplishments, me, 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 selfie. In some sort of way, we've all done it. This is not a new human phenomenon. The exaltation of selfie has been going on since the fall of man back in Genesis. Actually, it goes back even farther than that. It's as old as Satan himself, who, remember, was once the great and beautiful angel named Lucifer. At one time, he was good. He was holy, righteous, beautiful, pleasing unto God. But what happened to him? He had a free will. And the scriptures teach in the books of Isaiah and Ezekiel that he, Lucifer, wanted all the preeminence and glory to be upon himself, selfie, rather than God. He wanted selfie to reign even over God. Lucifer wanted to be above God. And he pursued that. Dude, he fought for that. And because of that sin, God had him cast out of heaven. His arrogant, selfish pride and rebellion against God had him cast out of heaven as a fallen angel. That's where that term comes from, fallen angels. And look at the result. Look who Lucifer has become. He is now known as the prince of darkness, the evil one, the father of lies, Satan, the devil, the great deceiver, the great tempter, the old serpent, the evil dragon, the accuser of the brethren. And look what his future holds. Look what his future fate is. The book of Revelation says that he will eventually be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone to be eternally tormented. That's who, by the way, the lake of fire and brimstone was originally created for, Satan. But where did it all start with him? It started with an inner mindset of selfie. Me, 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 la, me, long time. 
even the, the disciples, I was thinking about this, who had the tremendous privilege to walk and talk with the actual Son of God in human form. They got to walk and talk with Jesus every day for like three years. Even those guys, they had a major selfie problem. As you read through the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus was constantly trying to help them understand this basic truth that I'm trying to get and I'm trying to help you guys get. Hey, guys. Life is not about you. There's this one story in the Gospels that sticks out to me that reveals just how selfie the disciples were. And in no way am I implying that I'm any better. In Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 45, let me read that. And then I'll share some insights into this passage. It says, And they, talking about the disciples and Jesus, were on the road going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus was walking ahead of them. And they were amazed. And those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. Then after three days, he will rise. Let's stop right there for a moment. In this passage of scripture, we see Jesus is traveling with his 12 disciples, but there are also some other people following along as well. They're heading up to Jerusalem, and as they're walking, Jesus pulls his 12 disciples aside, and he tells them something extremely important. He basically says to them, look guys, when we get to Jerusalem, it's about to go down. Everything I've been trying to tell you, it's about to go down. I'm going to be delivered over to the Jewish religious leaders. They're going to condemn me to die. Then they're going to deliver me over to the Gentiles, the Roman authorities. Then those Roman authorities are going to mock me. They're going to spit on me. They're going to flog me. And then they eventually kill me. Then on the third day, I'm going to come back to life. What Jesus is saying to his disciples right there in that moment, this is monumental. This is the climax. This is the main plot of God's grand narrative of all creation. This is what it's all about. This is the most important moment in all of human history. He's telling them, this is it, guys. It's all about to go down when we enter Jerusalem. 
I'm going to die on the cross to make a way for humanity to be saved from the power and the penalty of sin. Then I'm going to resurrect from the dead. And listen, guys, the complete selfie response from his disciples, seriously, it makes you wonder if they've been smoking some Middle Eastern weed over behind the bushes. And then Jesus says, like, come here, I got to tell you something. I'm not kidding. It's so freaking pathetic. So sad. It's almost comical. Let me read the rest of the passage. You'll see what I mean. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him after he says all of this and said to him, teacher, We want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. (laughs) Did you not just hear what he just said? Yeah, totally. What do you got to say to him? Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he, Jesus, said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand, one at your left hand in your glory. Yeah, that's what we want, man. (laughs) Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. And they said to him, we are able. (laughs) And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. The baptism that I'm baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared. And when the 10 other disciples heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many So right after, let's just really think about this, guys. So right after Jesus tells them that he's about to go to Jerusalem and be put to death, here comes James and John with their mama, by the way, which the Gospel of Mark doesn't include, but Matthew in chapter 20, verse 20 through 28, you get the full story of what happens here. So yes, their mama was actually with them. This is really pathetic. They come up to him after he says all of this about what's about to happen to him in Jerusalem. And all they care about 
is being able to sit to the right and left of Jesus when he's in his glory. When he's on his throne, reigning over everyone and everything as king of kings, lord of lords, the preeminent one, they want to make sure that they're also in the limelight, sitting at his right and his left for everyone to see them as if they're just as big a deal. I mean, think about this. Out of all the honorable people of God who've ever lived throughout all the ages, they feel they should be given the highest place of honor beside the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And their mama is also right there with them trying to leverage this for her grown sons. Are you getting this? It goes on to say that the other disciples become indignant over this. Translation, they're ticked because they find out what they're trying to do, what they're trying to leverage. And here's what I think they're ticked about. They're ticked because they want the place of honor for themselves. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, even at the Last Supper, if you remember what the Gospels record, an argument breaks out between the disciples about which one of them was the greatest. It's like, guys, did you not even hear what he just went over with you on the way to Jerusalem again? Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Whoever would be first among you must be slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I seriously wonder if Jesus was just shaking his head in utter disgust and frustration. He spent three years doing life with them, teaching them, modeling how to truly live life. And this is what they're concerned about at the last moments of Jesus's life here on earth. If I were Jesus, thank God I'm not. I would have just slapped both of them right in the face, right there in front of their mama. And I would have told all of them, just go home. Go home. You are an utter disappointment. Talk about missing the point of all of life. I bring this up because I want you guys to see that many times the disciples who are with Jesus 24-7 for three years, they were all about selfie. Whatever makes them happy, whatever gets them the attention, whatever promotes and exalts them. You see, it's me, me, me. Selfish, conceited, prideful, arrogant, the complete opposite of the way Jesus lived his life and the complete opposite of how he continually taught his disciples to live their lives. And Jesus said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. He's like, 
This is how leaders operate in this temporal fallen world, right? You guys know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they are, man. Like, you know who the big dogs are. They're in charge. They're the leaders. They're the lords. They're the rulers. Yeah, we want to be that too. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life on the cross. Let's not forget how utterly degrading, devastating, and wickedly painful that was as a ransom for many. Life is not about you. So then what is life really about, Grizz? Well, that's the billion-dollar question right there that desperately needs answering. And that's what we're going to rip into on part two of death to selfie. We are so selfie, guys. Hey guys, a few closing items of Grizz Biz before we wrap up this episode. Check out the new updates on our websites, thegrizzpodcast.com, thegrizzpodcast.com, and narrowtrail.com. Remember, the Grizz Podcast is an outreach of Narrow Trail Ministries Incorporated. That's our nonprofit. Both those sites are still under construction, but they're coming along nicely, so check it out. By the way, um, as I said earlier, majority of past episodes of the Grizz podcast have been completely removed. And what we're doing is we're taking the best of past episodes, the classics, and many of the good interviews, and we're giving them some remastering and some remixing. We're bringing them back better than ever. So be looking for those remastered and remixed Grizz classics. You know what I'm saying? Also, if you're interested in doing some one-on-one coaching with me to help you overcome the obstacles or addictions in your life, go to narrowtrail.com forward slash coaching and fill out the online application. I have a few open spots available. Just so you know, my personal approach to one-on-one coaching is highly relational, gospel-centered, and biblically grounded. Because I believe that God and his word are the ultimate source of authority for life, and I am convinced that his way of describing problems, identifying their causes, and overcoming them is superior and more effective than any other methods or therapy out there. So again, If you're interested in doing some one-on-one biblical life coaching with me, the Grizz, then complete the online application at narrowtrail.com forward slash coaching, and I will prayerfully review it to see if we're a good fit for one another. I will respond to you within a few days. There is a cost, but it's very moderate. And all of it goes to our nonprofit ministry, Narrow Trail Ministries Incorporated. 
Also, our first online accountability support group is going to be launching very soon. It will be on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. They're called Climb Teams. And the first Climb Team that's launching is going to be on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Too many Christian men and even Christian leaders are trying to climb solo in their spiritual life. And that's one of the biggest reasons why so many of them are falling. In order to become spiritually healthy, we need authentic biblical community, a safe place where we can give and receive connection, support, guidance, and accountability. Pornography and other unwanted sexual struggles, addictions, cannot be overcome without authentic biblical community. Unfortunately, Many Christian men, leaders, they don't know of a safe place to find this with other like-minded Christian brothers. And this is what climb teams are all about. Each climb team meets online for one hour per week via Zoom video chat. The weekly meetings are led by myself. Each team member is given approximately five minutes to answer some accountability check-in questions. Each team member is prayed for. Confidentiality of what team members share is an absolute requirement or you're gone. Team members are there to listen, encourage, and pray for one another. Not correct and not teach one another. As the team leader, I keep the conversation on track and I make sure that it remains within the one hour time limit. Team members keep in touch throughout the week in a private group chat using the Signal app. So our weekly meeting is not the only time that team members are talking to each other. They can talk to each other all throughout the week. Every Saturday, I send out a very short video or email with some helpful climbing tips, advice, or encouragement to our team members. The total cost to be a member of a climb team is just $45 per month per man. That comes down to $11.25 per week. $11.25 per week. Guys, that is cheaper than one meal at Chick-fil-A. And all of that goes directly to our nonprofit ministry. I will have the online sign-up form available in the next week or two. If you're interested in being a part of our Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time Climb Team, then let us know by emailing us at info at narrowtrail.com, info at narrowtrail.com. For more information, you can also visit our ministry website, narrowtrail.com. We also have some really cool Narrow Trail t-shirts with our new Narrow Trail logo that was designed by Kirk Carver at Carver Design Works. Uh, He's done so many really good artwork graphics for us, but you can also order one of those. Uh, We're doing a fundraiser right now 
where all of the proceeds to the sale of our new narrow trail t-shirts, it's a really cool design. It's like the Patagonia design that they have with the Patagonia mountains. We basically took the similar design, but we use the Grand Teton mountain range and we actually have a narrow trail that runs up to the summit. You'll see that in the design. And then of course it doesn't say Patagonia. It says narrow trail. Um, we took that, got it on a t-shirt. It's one of many t-shirts that are coming. This is a white t-shirt, but all of the proceeds of the sales for those t-shirts, all of the proceeds go directly to help with kids in uh, Kampala, Uganda, with a ministry that we partner with called Victory 127, providing food, clothing, shelter, and hope. These kids get to hear the gospel. They get to go to school. They get educated. It's an amazing ministry. Um, I've partnered with them for many years, but that's where the proceeds of the sale of our t-shirts are going. And that's why the t-shirts are $50 each. Yeah, they're expensive, but that's why it's a fundraiser. Lastly, almost done. Do me a quick favor and please leave us a kind five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Grizz podcast. That helps us potentially impact more men around the world as it helps us gain more exposure on all the various podcast outlets. So you can also just take a, a link to this episode. If this episode, Death to Selfie, part one, uh, if it was a blessing to you, and just take the link and just text a friend, share it with a friend and say, hey, this was really good. This helped me. Check this out. This is worth the listen. That is the number one way that the Grizz podcast has gained more listeners and been able to impact more dudes around the world. So that's really it. I'll be back at you soon with part two of Death to Selfie and also some interviews coming up with some very interesting dudes. And uh, be looking for those remastered and remixed Grizz classics. They're coming. All right. Man, you selfie. You selfie at home. You selfie with your wife. You selfie with your kids. You selfie at work. You selfie in your neighborhood. You selfie at school. I saw you being selfie at church. Uh huh. You was like, that's where I sit, that's my pew. You selfie on your sports team. You don't even pass the ball. You in the ministry. You selfie about that. It's always about you. It's all about you. What's up with that? Why is that? Oh, Mr. Selfie. Oh, Mr. Selfie. Oh, Mr. Selfie. Me love me long time. Oh, Mr. Selfie. Oh, Mr. Selfie. Oh, Mr. Selfie. Me love me long time. Uh.